0: Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and, well, it's over, guys. It is over. It's officially over, according to CNBC. The housing boom is over. I'm not kidding you. That's the actual headline yesterday on CNBC, which is crazy because, what was it, like 24 hours ago? We were talking about how the housing market was so hot that people were leaving the marketplace They weren't even Looking for houses anymore Because things were so crazy How's the song go? What a difference a day makes <laughs> Yeah, exactly There it is What a difference A day made 24 little hours What a The sun and the flower. Now, I guess you know. To be fair, to be fair, it was what maybe three days because the other the the New York Times piece that we talked about with the hot housing market yesterday that was on Friday. So, to be fair, it was three days. The market went from too hot to now it's it's over. The housing boom is over. So, how did we find ourselves in this situation? Well, CNBC is making this argument, I should say, in the real estate expert. Diana Olek, who's actually very good. I'm not making fun of uh, Diana Olek. She's very good. Does a lot of uh, great reporting over at CNBC. But I just think it's funny like how quickly we went from like this overheated housing market to the boom is over. It's officially over. And this is all coming from the latest data from the Census Bureau. And it was a disappointing report on its face. But I want to break down all the numbers because, yeah, you can't just look at the headline because the headline was – it was a miss. It was a big miss. Uh the forecast had been for 3.5% growth month over month. So people thought sales of homes were going to jump in June, 3.5% from May. They didn't. In fact, they fell 6.6%. So not only were they not positive, they were negative. I mean, that was a big, I mean, that was almost a 10%. Point, no, it was. I'm sorry. It was over a 10-point miss. Let me do the math there in my head. It was over a 10-point miss. And then on top of it, year-over-year year sales data was down 19.4%. So if we're looking at home sales, yeah, the boom is over. But that's not all they reported. <laughs> there was more to the report, and it was actually somewhat good news because I know, and I'm going to talk about this probably on every podcast, because no one else does. That home prices only going up is not good for everyone, not if you're someone that is trying to buy. And so I want to look at this report from somebody who's trying to buy a home right now. It has not been, as the New York Times reported last week, a good time for home buyers. It is a seller's market. And this report was great news if you're someone that wants to buy a home. For example, inventory jumped. percent. May to June, 11.7 percent. That's a good jump. That's double digits. There is now a 6.3 month supply of inventory that is up from 4.4 months in May. Great news. If you're someone trying to buy, you now just not only have a plethora of options you just have options instead of option instead of here's a house that you can buy it's like here are two houses maybe three houses that you can try and decide between and if you're someone that's trying to buy these record prices for homes is probably not something that you're wanting to see this report showed a decline in both median and average price nationally the median sales price of a new house sold in June was $361,800 that was down 4.9% from May and year over year showed, it showed a 6% gain, which is still, you know, nothing to sneeze at. I mean, only 6%, but we've been seeing data that showed that, you know, home prices were up, you know, 20 25%. So 6%, whoo, that's not so bad. Uh, the average sales price of a new house sold in June was $428,700. That was down 1.2% from May. And that year over year was up 12.1%. So it all depends on how you want to interpret the data. Which do you put more stock into the median price or the average price? But if you're someone that's trying to buy right now, you're one of those Wannabe buyers who is like, that's it. I'm not looking anymore. This was a great report. This is something that you were like, wow, this is great. So this is not a horrible thing for the housing market. And by the way, three times this year, both the median price and the average price have fallen month over month. So this isn't like the, I thought because I, things have been so hot. I was like, wow, this had to been the first time in like a year that we've seen a price drop month over month. No, it's happened three times this year. So we'll all see what happens in July. But declining sales, obviously, is something you don't want to see. But like I said, it's not a terrible report. Inventory levels increasing while prices fall leads me to believe that the New York Times piece that we saw over the weekend was right. People are deciding to take a step back from the housing market, and that is calming things down. This is exactly how markets are supposed to act. I mean, this is great in my opinion. This is how free markets are supposed to behave. When a market is is too one-sided, you need to have a correction on one side of the ledger in order to reach a proper equilibrium for both buyer and seller. So right now we have a disequilibrium between buyer and seller. There is way too much power with sellers right now. And so what's happening is buyers are walking away And that's creating a situation where sellers are going to lose some of their power. Inventory levels will increase. Buyers will have more options. Prices will level off, which in turn will bring those buyers back from the sideline. It's a win-win. I mean, it wasn't going to stay a seller's market forever. And it's unfortunate that so often when these things get reported, we put so much stock into the seller side, into the homeowner side. This was a great report if you're someone that's trying to buy a home. Inventory levels up, prices down. This is good (laughs) if you're someone that is trying to buy right now. So I look at this report as mixed. I guess that's one way to look at it. Uh, But I wouldn't say the housing boom is over (laughs) just yet. It's just so funny to me in three days we went from a way too hot housing market to now it's over. The housing boom that was a crazy weekend Yeah, oh, that had a big impact on the housing market now let's move on to objectively good news that this is without a doubt good news something that we want to see and something we have been seeing for quite some time the latest forbearance survey the weekly forbearance survey from the mortgage bankers association shows for the 21st straight week that's over five months that is impressive the number has fallen. Total loans and forbearance have fallen now for 21 straight weeks. There we go. That's how I was trying to word it the first time. Total number of loans fell by two basis points to 3.48%. And the Mortgage Bankers Association now estimates that only 1.74 million homeowners are now in forbearance plan. This is great. I mean, this is great news. Like I said, it's, I mean, is anyone going to, oh, that's not good. <laughs> That people are now able to make their mortgage payments and leave these forbearance programs. Uh, this is great news, especially because at the end of the month, as we talked about in yesterday's pod extensively, uh, the forbearance or excuse me, the foreclosure ban is coming to an end, and so the Biden administration is trying to help those that will still be in forbearance. So it would be nice to see that number drop as much as possible. But even if we did have a situation where you saw a million homes go into foreclosure, which I don't think is going to happen, considering we're, what, four million homes underbuilt, I think we'd be okay. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm sorry. I forgot the the housing boom's over. So that would be catastrophic. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not. It would not be catastrophic if a million homes entered the housing market right now. I think we'd I think we be okay. Uh, Mike Frantantoni, MBA's Senior Vice President and Chief Economist, Said this decrease was par for the course when it comes to the middle of the month, saying, quote, as is typical for mid-month reporting, forbearance exits slowed and there was a slight increase in new requests. The net result was a small drop in the share of loans in forbearance, but the 21st week of consecutive declines. Pretty good, I would say. Like I said, objectively, good news. The first story, depending on your perspective, even though I think that's objectively Good news if you're a home buyer. <laughs> that's good news. Uh now we don't talk a lot on this podcast mostly because it doesn't really impact anyone that's listening. I don't have any international listeners to this podcast yet. I guess we'll see what happens in the future. But I don't have any international listeners, so I don't really talk about what's happening in other markets, even though if you think the housing market in the United States is crazy, you should look at what's happening in the UK and Canada. They make us they make us really look like the housing boom has been over for a long time, though. I mean, their markets are absolutely insane. But one of the things that does impact our markets directly, because it's not a real big impact, what's happening in Canada isn't really going to impact us. I guess unless people can't afford a house there and move to the United States, maybe That would have an impact. But there is something that does directly impact us, and that is foreign investment into U.S. housing. I mean, we know that usually wealthy foreigners, they like to buy a home here, just like a lot of us would like to own a home in another country. We're a great destination. And so, yeah, there's no doubt that we benefit from foreign investment into U.S. housing. Well, the latest report from the National Association of Realtors finds that foreign investment fell to I think an all-time low. I know it's at least a decade low. <laughs> and when I when I originally saw that, I thought that maybe trade might have an impact on this because trade was just down significantly across the board. And so that means that there are if we're trading less and there's less US dollars making their way out of the country, there's going to be less dollars that can make their way back into the country. So I thought that may have had sort of an oversized impact. And I'm sure it played a role. But the argument that the NAR makes is that essentially it was the lockdowns, which actually makes a lot more sense <laughs> that the lockdowns, people couldn't travel. You know, they lived somewhere and they couldn't travel to the United States to look at the house. I actually talked to a local realtor here in Wilmington uh, and they're selling a very expensive home and they had buyers or people who were interested in the house, but they lived in other countries and they couldn't come look at the house. <laughs> now, there are some people around the world, you know, some of those, uh, the the um, oil sheiks who probably buy homes sight unseen all the time, <laughs> but not everyone's going to do that. And so it did limit the ability for foreign buyers to make purchases. And so not surprisingly, foreign buyer purchases were down 31% to 107,000 properties between April 2020 and March 2021 from a dollar amount also down, not as much. Foreign buyer purchases were 54.4 billion worth of U.S. existing homes from April 2020 through March 2021, a 27% decline or decrease from the year before. Now, as I said, the cause of the drop is easily identifiable. Lockdowns made foreign travel difficult if not impossible for many around the globe or globe globe. However, Lawrence young, the chief economist at the national association of realtors is optimistic. Even with the uh, variants, the Delta variant and everything else floating around, he said in a statement as travel restrictions, loosen and foreign students return to us colleges in the upcoming year, there is likely to be some growth in foreign buying of us real estate. And considering the fact that it's dropped to, at least a 10 year low i think they may have actually said it was an all-time low you only you can only go up <laughs> now one thing that may complicate it is that china and canada remain our first our first and second when it comes to us residential sales with dollar volume at 4.5 and 4.2 billion respectively this is a trend that goes back to 2013 and there have been some rumblings recently, and everyone's kind of wondering what's going to happen with China and the United States and COVID, and I don't know. I'm not going to get into a geopolitical discussion here, but I did think it was interesting to point out that China is the biggest buyer, not the country, but the people. And how much of a divide between you know the billionaires there and the actual state government? Well, that's, once again, not getting into geo geopolitics here (laughs) so that is something to take into account that china is the uh, biggest buyer of real estate with regards to uh foreign investment all right we got to go you guys enjoy your tuesday oh we got a busy day today just to give you a heads up a lot of data that we'll be talking about on tomorrow's podcast we got the case shiller index and the fhfa home price index both dropping at 9 a.m and then consumer confidence drops at 10 a.m. So we're going to get to all of that. I I can tell you what's going to be in tomorrow's newsletter. It's going to be that data. (laughs) Unless something else crazy happens, that data is what we are going to be talking about on Wednesday. So a lot happening today. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. Don't forget to sign up for the companion newsletter that has more details than sometimes I can get into here on the podcast. Sign up for that at marketsandmortgages.com. And as always don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.